Stiff arms of crap. <laughs> Draco Patrick right there. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, beating the double team, multiple moves stacked into one. Just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, it's actual football talk. It's a football show, we're supposed to football, not storylines. And you are listening to a brand new edition of uh, Blue It's Blitz for changing the name. You, if you uh, have been following the show on the podcast app, you will see that it's now um, Blue It's Blitz instead of TOJ Film Room. I just joined the uh, new, brand new network, brand new website, the, uh, the Jets X Factor. I think it's jetsxfactor.com. Um, some of the articles on there, uh, you'll be able to view a good amount of them. Some of them, uh, you have to pay for a subscription. I just did a film review of, which I usually write down what I'm going to say here, but I'm kind of free freestyling this because there's so much going on right now. Uh, but usually um, you can see all of my Twitter, you know, reviews and you can see all the 50, 40, 60 plays, wherever it may, uh, may be um, that I do. But now I'm, re- I'm releasing about a third of them. Uh, a third of those plays will be available in Twitter moments for the full reviews and including uh, which includes the strengths and weaknesses list that you guys know I do. You have to go to Jets, uh, jetsxfactor.com. You could uh, view the articles there where it has all of the plays I'm about to speak about with a little blurb uh, below it explaining it. Uh, it's $5.99 a month, or it is five, it's, I think it's $50 a, a year for the subscription. You get all of my work. You get all of my YouTube videos. If you are watching on YouTube, I think about halfway through it, or maybe a, bit, a little bit more than halfway through it, it's going to kind of like like black out the screen where you'll be able to hear me talk, but you're not going to be able to watch the videos um, that I am watching. So if you want to continue to to you know watch the entire show, like I said, subscription, if you want to read the all of the work I do, like I said, some of it will be on Twitter. You have to, you have to pay for the subscription. Uh, the podcast will be completely free if you are listening on the podcast app. Um, the the whole hour, two hours, whatever I do, the the rankings, the the game reviews, all of that stuff is going to be um, completely free. But it's just it's it's the you know it's the right move. I understand that some people might get a little bit frustrated with having to pay and, and not want to. Um, I, I think $6 a month is a cup of, a cup of coffee or two. Uh, it supports the work. As you guys know, I've, I've, I've spoken about it many times. It, it takes an incredible amount of work to do the things I do. And with that subscription, you're not just getting um, my work. You're also getting uh, Michael Nanias, all his numbers, all the deep you know, dives that he does into numbers. You're getting Robbie Sabo, the, the owner of this site, uh, he does some some fill breakdowns and some articles uh, as well, but you're gonna get all of that for like I said, two three cups of coffee a, a month. And you know, a lot of people will say, okay, well, there's a lot of there's a plenty of Jets stuff out there. Why should I pay? In my humble opinion, I don't think there's much better content out there that's actually gonna break down film and, and look at legitimate numbers. Um, I'm taking Nani over PFF all day, um, and I'm not just saying that. I'll, you know, I've said that before without uh, working with him, but now that I work with him, I'm gonna emphasize that even more that he's he's legit. So it's six dollars. If you don't want to pay it, it is what it is. Um, I'll still be in contact with you guys and then talking to you guys on Twitter or whatever it may be. But like I said, podcast is free. About half of the YouTube show is free. So if you want to get a good glimpse of it. Um, the, the first hour or so, like I said, the screen blacks out, that, that's fine. 
uh, and the articles, like I said, are they're, they're pretty much cut off from the beginning of the articles. So um, that just is what it is. So a lot of interesting things going on um, right now, obviously, with the with the Jets, they start off free agency slow. And I don't want to get into all the talking points and all the all, all, the, all the stories and things like that. Let me put this on the screen. You guys know how I do this. It's always kind of uh, in, in shambles, the show, how I started. I'll just, I'll just put the first play of, of McGovern. Um, on the screen right here, which I think, I think for most of it, sometimes I pause it and go through the plays. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I'll just look at it, watch it with you guys as, as you know, as you see, it, I see it and then I'll discuss it. But usually if I, if I pause it and I can go to my article and say, okay, this is what I saw. And then I could, I could, you know, play it over or uh, play it. And I kind of already know what I'm seeing. So it goes a little bit more smoothly, but I don't really care. We'll see. We'll see what I feel like doing in, in the next hour or two hours. Uh, and by the way, Jericho Cotri Jersey, um, I said the last time I did TOJ form, I'm going to start wearing jerseys when I do the show. I think the last time I did Ferguson, so I couldn't use an offensive line one, which would have fit well because of all the offensive linemen the Jets are signing. But um, I figured the the site just did a uh, the ranking of the receivers, the top 15 receivers in Jets history, and and Kotri was in there. Um, probably my favorite Jet ever. Uh, I think it's signed by Debrickashaw Ferguson and Kotri actually as well. Um, but I do really like the jersey, but. Like I said, with free agency, I'm going to be doing a ton of film reviews. You guys know how it is already when I get into the film. I have George Fant done. Uh, today we're doing Connor McGovern. I have 62 plays of him. I'm going to try to run through them pretty fast. Um, if about through, if, if like halfway through the show, if I feel like, okay, this is getting too damn long, we might do part one and part two. Um, depending, I'm, I'm already getting hounded by the, by the uh, fiance to, 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 you know, to get over to her. Um, and I just started the show. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I have McGovern done. I have Fant done. The Jets signed uh, Pierre Desaire, who I'm going to do as well. Uh, they signed that that backup safety too. I'm forgetting his name off the top, some of an M. I'm going to do him. And then there is also a guard who is on the Eagles and the Colts. I'll do him. Uh, those will be a little bit shorter. It's not going to be as extensive, like 62 plays, because who wants to watch 62 plays about a backup offensive lineman? Um, but I'm sure people will, will want to watch Fant. They'll want to watch uh, uh, Greg Van Roten. But the first day, and and a lot of people with free agency, they get really antsy, and and I think it's expected, or uh, I'm not surprised by it for Jets fans because the Jets free agency is the only thing that's really, you know, exciting for this team after after September, where you know the season ends so quickly for the, for the Jets that we're all looking forward to free agency. So the first second that it opens, you want to see the Jets signing all these guys. But it's been re it's been reiterated so many times that the people who win free agency don't necessarily win, um, you know, the season, and with that first wave of free agency, that first day or two, you're really, really going to be overspending for guys. Look what Trey Wayne's got from uh, whatever team he he went to. Like I said, there's just so much things going on um, right now. I forget, I forget what team he went to. We got like $15 million a year, which is absolutely absurd. There's plenty of guys who are going out there and getting overpaid. Now with Jack Conklin, I probably would have liked the Jets to sign him for $12, 13000000 million, to be completely honest, because I thought he was going to get 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, and I was teeter-tottering on being able, being willing to pay that. but. Joe Douglas clearly didn't like him. He had a plan. He likes George Fant a lot, which a lot of people are crapping on the George Fant signing. I think $9 million might be a little bit too much for him. But looking at his his film, 2018 was brutal. I, I watched him. Like, I don't understand how this guy got you know, signed, to let alone $9 million a year, which that's pretty much what it is around the all, you know, all the guarantees and things like that. It's pretty much a one-year deal um, for him. So I was, you know, confused about, about that, but, 
after watching his 2019 film, I think like week six and seven was like the Browns and somebody else was like, okay, or Browns and Ravens. And he took some steps up in that game. I was like, okay, I, I see some, some signs of improvement. And then week, um, 16 or week 17 in the and the wild card against the Seahawks or actually sorry vice versa it was against the uh 49ers week 17 and then week uh week 18 or the wild card was against uh the Eagles and he took steps in the right direction that is that is for damn sure he's uber athletic um really really interesting player but I'll talk about him when I do the show on him, but I'm, I'm assuming that people are going to want to see most likely in order. It's probably going to be Desaire. And then people are teeter tottering on if they want to see Van Rotten or sorry, Van Rotten, Van Roten or, um, or uh, George Fant, you know, which one is in, in orders, but I, I'll do the, I'll do the Twitter votes as I always do. But um, I guess instead of just keep talking, but like I said, I, I get to talk about storylines all the time. I used to do a two-hour show about storylines and say, oh, well, should he have done this? And this guy went there. And should he have signed that guy? And Clowney, and which Clowney is going to get overpaid? I'm not that interested in a guy like like Clowney who isn't a pure edge rusher for $18 million a year. There's no freaking way. So in my mind, you know, sign another corner. I, and just to say this before anything happens, um, I think the Jets still have to sign Robbie Anderson. I really like the Robbie Anderson signing. I think they have like $35 million right now. Robbie Anderson getting signed would be huge. Um, realistically, a guy like Vinny Curry, who is a older, you know, edge player, but when he's when he's on the field and he's asked to rush the passer, he's pretty effective. So I like to see a guy like that signed. And obviously, people are going to say, "Oh, well, what about Clowney? Why, 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 why not Clowney?" I'm being realistic with what the Jets have um, to spend. So Anderson, Curry, or maybe if not Curry, Jenkins, who a little bit more, he'll be a little bit more expensive than. Uh, than uh, Curry because he's looking for a multi-year deal most likely where Curry might be willing to, to you know sign for a year or two with very little guaranteed money because he's a lesser player but I think he's a more effective pass rusher than Jenkins is where Jenkins is an all-around guy so Vinny, uh, Vinny Curry might be like a situational type guy and then you know with those guys I think another corner spot is is really um, or the second corner spot is, is really in dire need as well uh looking at the draft and and joe douglas and everybody's saying like i said storylines that the jets are now going to draft the wide receiver listen i i like fant more than probably the other people do who haven't watched this film and i think adoga has skills to be you know a potential uh, starting tackle in the future but going into the season with those two guys i i don't think joe douglas would be happy with that so i still think it's a tackle you know, in the, uh, in the first round and then the second round, you're most likely second, third, third, you're looking at most likely at least a receiver or two out of those guys and whoever else falls, maybe it's an interior offensive lineman. So if you don't get corner in those first couple of picks, which I don't necessarily, I, I wouldn't bet my house on it. You're going into the season with, you know, Pierre Desaire, who I, I think is a good corner when he's healthy. Uh, he had some down numbers last year because he had a hamstring injury that was apparently hindering him for a lot of the season, but 2018, he was really, really good or really solid, we should say. He's not top-notch, but he's definitely, um, you know, he's still a solid player. Um, but on the opposite side of him, you're going with Bless Dawson, who, listen, I, I like how he played too, but there's a reason he was benched. I believe it was in the Steelers game. Um, you have Arthur Merlette, who's like a career journeyman guy who never, nobody's even heard of before uh, the season, you know, the season for the Jets started. Uh, other than that, who do you really, who do you have? You know, Poole, who's a slot guy, you know, don't ignore that. I think if they're, they're only playing two corners, Poole will be in, but in nickel sets, which is primarily what the Jets are going to run, they're always going to have, or most likely going to 
going to have three corners in the field uh, more likely than not. So, you know, that nickel is starting, but I'm talking about you have your out, your one outside, you have this air, you have your nickel and pool. But other than that, you're really, you want to bank the whole season on bless Austin who flashed in minimal games that he played and he was benched and he has an injury problem. And that's who you want starting as your number two corner. Uh, not me. That's, that's not how I operate, but um, we'll, we'll see. So getting into the uh, film of McGovern, like I said, I might break it up into two. I might not. The only problem is I'm quarantined at the, uh, the fiance's house right now. So if the, uh, the internet's not too good there. So if I go back and do the show there, it might be a little bit more choppy. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do exactly with recording the second part of the show. Maybe I'll leave it for Tuesday. I don't know. We'll see. Um, like I said, I think overall, and I'm going to read, I, I usually start off with this list of strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I do, actually, you know what, that's, that's what I'm going to do first. I'm going to read you that list because I don't, I don't like starting, not starting with that. So if you are um, just uh, listening, you want to hear that first, you want to listen to the whole show. I rather, oh, why the hell? Okay, hold on. Sorry, guys. I'm going to pop into my notes. Like I said, this is not, okay, so strengths that I have. Uh, obviously, he's, he's 6'4", 305. I think he's, what, 26, 27 years old. Um, strengths that I listed that I'll show you guys a lot throughout this review. Uh, he has strength in both of his hands and from his trunk. Good angles to the second level. Athletic, especially considering overall strength, change of direction skills, uh, balance while low and pass sets, punch that delivers a pop, awareness for stunts, blitzes, show patience and pass sets. Uh, shows consistent drag hand and overlap technique has many reps of him defining gaps strong anchor active eyes look to, looks to plow hammer uh, to turf often plays mostly uh, with good leverage and pass protection often shoots hands and lands hands first in pass sets hand placement quick off snap changes up punch plays with good spacing and pass sets creates movement when he properly drives fights to rework hands movement skills to reach block keeps half body clear when working off combos to the second level uh, shows understanding of proper footwork works hand as pivot points <laughs> patient with hands knows how to def deflect force uh, push pull lift torque the four ways um, no penalties uh, no issues with snaps and he's plays long for weaknesses um I say too often he plays top heavy, uh, top heavy on second level, needs better base while climbing, needs to see, uh, need to see less pop blocking on second level, needs to maintain blocks working through hands and uh, with active feet. Steps in pass pro can be sometimes too big. Um, see some run pass blocks with forward lean, leading him to uh, be off balance around the turf, overcommits the combos while climbing to the second level. Uh, need to take feet with him more often while run blocking. Too many examples of him playing high while not engaged once engaged in run blocks can be more consistent with having active feet to play cover uh, to cover play side hands end up tight on second level allowing for easier lateral escape from linebackers saw a few snaps of him chasing blocks would like to see more chops traps and pass protection so that's a lot um, I'm going to kind of break that down I guess uh, one by one but not really um, if I if I catch one of them while I'm doing it I'll point it out um, but that comes from the, and those those lists are uh, really from me watching him and then you know seeing something 
multiple times through it and then kind of starring it in my notes. And that's, that's uh, when I consider putting in the strengths and weaknesses. I don't see something one time and not put in the strengths and weaknesses. I have to see it multiple times uh, for me to actually list it down. So uh, starting with the first play, Right here, obviously, he's, he's the center. I, I, I don't think I need to point out the center every time. <laughs> Some people have got me in the past about not showing what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the center. The guy was snapping the ball every single rep. So I don't need to say that. Uh, obviously, lined up with a one-tech over him. And um, his. I think this is the play where he doesn't have a – yeah. So his anchor is really strong, and, and this isn't a great example of him having the best, the best hands right here. Um, he actually does get caught in the chest right here. Uh, one thing with his, I, I think I mentioned it, his length, he doesn't have the best length. His arms aren't the longest. So you can see him get his chest controlled, especially the guy who's, who's leaning into his arm right there where he's, he's shortening, he, he's elongating his arm um, while, while reaching for it. So it's not like he's shooting two hands. So uh, this, this guy's arm is even longer right now. So he catches him in the chest. And McGovern doesn't – he never gets his hands onto the chest. You can see his hand gets onto the right elbow, maybe armpit. And then um, his other hand is – I don't know exactly where it is on this rep, actually. But his anchor is, is super, super strong. He's a guy in, in college who's, like, benching 500 pounds and, and cleaning whatever it may be and squatting this. He's, set, like, setting, like, a bunch of records. So um, his anchor is really, really strong. I'll show a better example of that too, but this is the first pass I started off with. You can see he, he gets really low in his anchor, creating the, the, uh, the force off the insteps of his, of his feet um, and is able to hold up. You can see this right, right here. He doesn't really have um, hand placement. His chest is getting controlled, and he's still able to um, hold up on that rep. So let's go to the next play. Oops, stop share. Okay, next play. all right sorry okay so notice to let defensive line uh, define like i said when i when i label these i know you guys can see the label on the top of it it's me going through it really quickly and then sometimes i watch it i'm like oh i was wrong there i wasn't whatever i have to go through and watch it you know many times so even like on this one like he didn't necessarily let him define but the thing with this play is that i that i liked um is this is a you know combo block um mid-zone split call it and the good thing about this is one he doesn't necessarily he doesn't he doesn't overcommit. he know he knows that the running backs track it to the outside so he knows he knows the linebacker is going to be um reacting to the outside which you will um see him try to take on that outside shoulder because that's he knows where the running back is going but i like how he attacks the hip right here he doesn't overcommit to it he keeps his eyes into the second level right here. You can see him looking into the second level. And when you're trying to actually move guys to define guys, you really want to attack the hip because that's the center of gravity. If you attack, if you attack their upper body, if they're if they're flexible um, and they're loose, you know they can absorb that contact through their upper body while their base is staying where it is. But if you really if you really want to move guys, you want to attack that center of gravity, that hip, um, typically. So uh, attacks that hips, defines it. You see this this gap is defined. So I talk about defining gaps. If, the, if if he was coming to the run like this, let's just say that let's just say this is farther in the run. There's this gap, this a gap, backside a gap is not defined for the running back to cut back into. Um, and the, the benefit of zone is you can know outside zone. You have c gap, b gap, a gap, backside a gap. You can cut pretty much anywhere on a, on a lot of zone plays, especially outside zone um, and wide zone. So it defines that gap. And now look at it. 
that's a bit that's a big hole for the for the running back to run through. He knows the running back is most likely running to the outside on the outside track of this, um, avoiding any flow from the backside of the play. And he takes he he squares up with the linebacker, takes on the outside shoulder, and turns him inside um, with some circular force. So good job um, from McGovern on that play. I'm gonna pause it. I'm gonna pull up some other plays. Um, get them a little bit more ready than they are now. Back in a second. All right, next play. I think I'm just gonna run through all of them. I hate like reading what I say and then doing it because it just takes me a ton of ton more time to do the podcast than the podcast is uh takes for it's already like two hours of doing it, so I don't want to take it three hours for me to read my crap and then do it. Um so McGovern he's he's sliding to his his left in his uh in his pass protection right here. Drag hand. Oh really he always has active drag hand, which is good. Um, because if while he was looking to this left side, sliding to the to his left side, if there was a stun, if there was a blitz, whatever it may be, and and he felt that on his hand, he'll drop that. He'll drop his post foot, um, attack the hip, wrench it, whatever it may be. Um, but the drag hand is is pretty consistent from him. It doesn't feel anything into the uh, you know a couple seconds into his pass set, and then he looks to uh, hammer. He he always is 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 hammering and plowing guys. I know it sounds kind of weird. Uh, but the plow is the full commit to the um, to the block like this, where he's he's committing his full body. I usually say hammer if it if it's two hands, but his hips are square, so there's a little bit of difference between a hip and a ha- uh, between a uh, hammer and a plow for me. And this is a plow. Um, like I said, eyes are always active. He's looking. You'll you'll see more examples of his eyes being active, but he's definitely always willing to hit guys. Gets his hand uh, pretty low. I believe 96 is feral and drives him completely out of the play. Um, so good job right there. Like I, like I said, we'll run through them pretty fast. 62 plays is is quite a bit. So I get, but then again, you're you should be quarantined right now. Sorry, if you're going out, I don't care. You're you're pretty dumb, unless it's for food and stuff like that. But if you, oh well, you know, I know I know Jessica's family didn't go out anywhere. Okay, well then, who did Jessica's family come in contact with? Do you know that? No. Okay, so shut up. So be smart and freaking stay in your house so we don't have this sickness for a couple of months. Um, but so you should have plenty of time to watch this. So uh, McGovern blocks back and, and the Broncos did like to do this like swerve run where they're all going to, to, to zone block and try to get to the second level. Um, and the, and the running back is going to cut it back. Um, so it's like a like an inside zone split. And then the, the last second, the, the running back takes that really hard punch step and, and cuts it back. Um, so I call this a swerve and McGovern blocks back um, to number 90. His hands come in tight. That's fi- that's fine with me. Um, and I like the reset. So he's he's always quick off the snap. You're gonna see him right here. He's quick off the snap. Pops him. Hands inside. And then the thing I do I I really like about this instead of just keeping his hands where they are, um, you see the adjustment of that left hand. So like I said, you know, willing to rework his hands and stuff like that. You'd see how much more. You see what I'm talking about when I say attack the center of gravity? Once he does that, look how much more push he gets when he, when he resets that hand into the, into the upper hip rib cage of number 90 and drives him out of the play uh, completely. So watch it in full speed. Really, really good block right, right there for him to take uh, number 90 out of that play, uh, blocking it back on this run. Next play, number five. Okay. Tight hands, quick, smart. All right. 
they sugared the a gap. As I talk about, they they they're sugaring the a gap. We have two guys when the linebackers and standing up in the a gap. It's called sugaring. So they're sugaring both the a gaps, um, and he slides to his right. That's that's his assignment. Is to the right. A uh, quick pop of the hand. You see, he he definitely likes to shoot the the inside hand um, to whoever's outside of him, whether it be to his left or to his right. So if he's moving to his right. It's his left hand. If he's moving to his left, it's his it's his right hand. Did I say the same time. The same thing, whatever. Um, so quick to shoot his hand from a pretty good, pretty good base right here, pretty wide. Um, lo looks relatively low, pops them, and what they're trying to do right now is run. A, they're running an interior stunt right here, and number fifty-five. You see how he's wrapping up his head right here, and he's trying to to torque, you know, McGovern out of this gap and, and wrap up McGovern. Um, McGovern is smart enough to know that's most likely what's happening, and, and it's why he's trying to drag his head like that. Um, or even by pre-snap alignment, he knew this might be a stunt from film review, whatever it might might have been. But he knew it was it was it was coming. I said, it lands his hand inside, left hand under the armpit, which is which is fine. Uh, armpits are really good places to attack. Uh, you know, the the center of the chest, outside pec, armpits, hips. There's different things for different uh, plays, but good job attacking the armpit. Knows that the uh, number seventy three is most likely coming on the, as the looper of the of that stunt. And you're going to see him really, really quickly drop that post foot. The post foot right here drops it and explodes into that guy. Gets his left hand most likely into the chest, right uh, right hand into the hip, pushes him completely out of play. So I'll play this in full speed. You can see some of the – this is when I talk about the, the short area explosion that he has. You're going to see how quickly this happens. That, that movement right there, especially for a guy who's as powerful as he is, um, it's – it's really, really good. Like the, the short area quickness that, that he shows and his ability to, to flip his hips, drop his post and, and get on blocks uh, with uh, stunts and blitzes and things like that. So good job by him there. Play number six. Quick hands power. Yeah, okay. So he's blocking back. Uh, He's blocking back on this play. I'm not gonna say every single time what run it is. I just want to get you know I'm doing in, I'm doing individual. If you wanna if you wanna look at like I think for most of the um, plays I put up on the article are going to be okay. This is this run. Some, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But I'm doing individual player. I'm watching the individual player. If I'm watching the offense, I'm, I'm talking about the the run and things like that. Um, but just for the to, to be mindful of the time this podcast is going to take with 62 plays I don't want to have to break down every single thing of the play that's happening but he's blocking back um again on this rep you see him off the snap he's 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 he's, well, he's widening that left foot to gain um the ability to anchor down if he if he was to get to get bull rushed here um or to get you know basically popped right off of the off of the line of scrimmage off the snap so um widens and also helps too when you're when you're widening like that to get the ball through um your legs you want to hit your thighs so uh takes a step step towards more like a almost all kind of like zone stepping right here but quickly does hands inside i said especially for centers too it's harder to not lean and get your hands up because you have to snap that ball so that snapping of that ball Gives that guy that extra second um, to get into you. So he leans into him, hands inside, circular force, circular force. He's tor he's torquing him out right there. Um, you know, power from the this is power from the hips and from the core to turn a guy out like that. Uh, turns him out 
and drives him right to the ground. So uh, another, you know, really, really good run play from him. Um, like I said, quick off the snap explosion, the power um, in his lower body, power in his hips right here to drive that guy to the ground. Next play. Short area burst is another example, like I said, of him dropping the, the, the post before. Um, this is going to be another example of, of his short area quickness. Um, and he's super aware, too. Um, right here, you, you know that he's blocking the most immediate threat right here. So he's helping the left guard out by kind of just standing in place. Um, kind of like just, just rooting his – he's rooting his feet down right here pretty much. Um, throws his left hand into the uh, chest of the of number 90, the, the one tech. So he does that, which is already assisting because now that number 90 is going to have to fight him off. And, and just that hand, now he has to fight off his, his force against him too. Um, but McGovern's really aware on this play, and I like the awareness um, that he shows because, yes, he's helping out 90, uh, or he's helping out the left guard on 90, but you could see how the right guard sets that he's, he's – uh, let me pause this. The right guard is setting like he knows he has help in the inside. He would never just do that if he didn't have help in the inside unless he's just absolutely awful. But he knows he has help from McGovern inside. So McGovern helps 90, but he's not – he's a super patient player, and he, he trusts his ability because if he didn't trust his ability, he would slide right – he would slide it immediately. And then maybe the, you know, number 66 couldn't catch him in, the, you know, number 90 in the chest, whatever it may be. And then he, he penetrates the A-gap. But McGovern's a smart enough player to know that he can get there. Um, helps out the left guard. And then as soon as he sees, you know, number 73 penetrating that A-gap, drops his shoulder, quickly gets into him, and drives, again, hand on the hip, nice and low, hits him right, you know, with his shoulder, loads up into it, uh, and is, is driving him completely out of this play. So uh, really, really good job by him. Like I said, awareness, smarts, pre-snap um, recognition right there, uh, hand placement, power from the core, uh, power from his legs. Let's see. Awesome run block. Yeah, the, uh, his so his run game is inconsistent. I would say he's about average in the run game, but I think he has a chance to be above average because of his natural ability um, that he has. But they're running this they're, – there's running a pitch to the outside. I'm not the best with, like, pitches and what you want to call, like, crack tosses and things like that. We're just going to call it a pitch. And you have – the the uh, the left guard who there's some misdirection here how how Flacco takes the snap it looks like he's in a handoff to to his right side and also with the guard pulling to the right side they want the flow of the defense um, to either get held up or react to the opposite side that they're that they're going to but McGovern has to cover all the way to the number 72 right here whatever he is he's a three tech so he has to cover the play side from him on this snap, which is really, really hard. It's a hard thing to do. Um, covering a guy who's a one tech is not necessarily the easiest if the one, if the one tech is penetrating through that a gap, um, but to cover a three tech that, that, that takes a lot of athleticism um, quickness off the snap. And he's going to, uh, I couldn't see his left foot. It looks like he bucket steps, but if not, he opens his, you know, I, I don't want to say definitely if it's a bucket step or not, which I'll show an example of later. Um, he opens his hips up quickly. And the good thing about this is he works laterally. He doesn't work towards him because if you work towards him, then he, then, then you're, you're going to be inside leverage and you want to be outside leverage on this pitch play. So he works laterally, uh, maybe even loses a ground, a game ground. Like I say, often um, that's something you have to be, um, you know, aware of in some different pass sets and we're not in pass sets, usually in run sets. 
um, that you have, you're going to have to lose that gain to gain, uh, gain that ground. So he's not attacking him immediately. See, so he's trying to work and cross his face before he um, initiates the block or engages in the block. So works laterally, you know, takes on the outside shoulder um, of number 73. You're going to see him rip through right here. You see that rip right there? So he's going to rip through and f work his hips past him. So really good job work, or working laterally, taking on the outside shoulder, and then dipping around right here. You see, this, he's, he's dipping around to get, to get in front of him, gets in front of him, um, and you know, has that inside pillar right here where he has the, the inside arm into the chest, and he's creating a lot of that pressure off of the instep of the outside foot. Um, so he's even keeping himself free uh, to potentially you know, take a guy who's scraping over the top right here too. So he blocked that guy. Not only did he block him, he got – outside leverage on him and he has an inside pillar on him that's a really 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 good run block there's not much better than you're going to see from in a, in a, you know the run uh, blocking game um in my opinion on that one so that's top notch like i said he's just a little bit inconsistent as as i read the um as i read the the strengths and weaknesses you could see that it's not he's not the most consistent player um in the run game but next play uh hammer and hand check so he has the one tech. Again, takes the snap, and it's similar to the one we saw before. Um, and it looks like the yeah. It, it, so so in my in my opinion, what this is is the the these these two guys, the left tackle and left guard, are man blocking. Whereas these guys are in are, are sliding in a gap protection, as I like to say, because slide protection and gap protection is different. Um, they're not the same thing. So he you could say he's shuffling in a gap protection. So they have they all have gap protection to the right. These guys are man blocking, man block, man block, and uh, you have McGovern who's going to help out again his left guard. Um, throw that hand check into there. That's what I call a hand check. There's a difference between a drag hand. There's a difference between a, a drag hand and a hand check and a overlap technique they're all different uh the hand checks when he's when he's throwing it to the actual um guy right here to to stop his force to to you know um slow him down whatever it may be throws his hand into the shoulder um while keeping his eyes on the opposite a gap um while watching that 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 four eye tech to see if he's going to penetrate um or, or try to penetrate that a gap he does mcgovern helps out the the left guard Boom, drops his shoulder and takes him completely out of the play too. I'll play it in full speed. Again, smarts, that, that short area burst that he has right there, um, it's, it's, it's really nice, especially for the overall power that he has. So he's a nice combination of, of attributes for sure um, and a guy who can continue to grow. I think he's 27, 27, I think he is. So he still has room to grow. He's, he's, he's coming into his prime. Um, and he just started starting, I think, last year. So Paradis was there before as the – as a starting uh, center. And I think he was like a swing guard center type guy. And uh, last year he started, um, I think it was like 12 games last year, then the full season, this season, whatever it is, like I said, I, I don't have the numbers prepared and things like that. That's what Michael Nani is for, but he's only been a starter for let's say a year or two. So he's definitely has room to grow um, with Pollock, who I think is a good offensive line coach. He's proven it before last year seemed like a down year, but if he can continue to, to, uh, coach this guy up I, I think his his ceiling um, is even higher is higher than what he's playing at right now um 
I don't think that's the best way to word it, but he's around a top 10 center right now. Let's say he's, he's 9, 10, 11, 12, 8, whatever it might be. He's right in that 8 to 12 uh, range, I would say. There's some flaws in his games. That guy like, you know, a, a perfect t- uh, center like Kelsey doesn't necessarily have. Um, but I haven't watched film on all 30 30- two centers in the league to say he's he's a certain specific rank so I'm gonna say eight to twelve range so he's an upper tier um center in the league but he's not you know he's not elite but he's definitely very very solid so like I said plays in full speed um really really good play again you know getting nice and low um loading up right there and taking this uh the, the three tech completed the play um and finishes it too um, well, for the most part, actually, you probably should stick with this a little bit more. But uh, Flacco, who, by the way, people who want to sign Flacco, he, he, I watched a lot of his snaps this year, and he did not look very good. That is for damn sure. So next play, McGovern can come in a second level top heavy. All right. So you see, but you know, you, you know, you're, you're seeing top heaviness when a guy, when he, when he gets shed, if he's falling to his face, that's, that's an example of top heavy. Um, as he pull, as he, he, you know, he's going right to the second level right here. Um, like I said, you know, don't want to explain all the runs, but, um, they're, uh, they're, uh, wham blocking right there with number 83 on the one tech. Again, there's a difference between wham blocks, trap blocks, uh, trap blocks with other offensive linemen, wham blocks are with fullbacks, tight ends, H backs, whatever it may be. Um, so they wham block and you have McGovern who pulls right to the second level and you're going to see Right here, one, I like to see him come more into control on this. You know, the running backs, you know, is, is a far ways behind you. You don't have to block now. So I like to see him get a more square of a base right here. And you can see he's, he's leaning um, into his punch. And when he gets, when he gets uh, you know, shed right here, uh, he gets clubbed really. Um, his force takes him right into the ground because he's, he's top heavy. He doesn't have a good base. Now, if he ran up on this guy and, his, and he had a better base, his feet were wider apart which would allow for him to change directions quicker and also to not be as top heavy, um, then he could finish that block. But, you know, even, even though the, the linebacker doesn't get on that, that, that's an example of him being um, a little too uh, top heavy for me. All right. And next play, which I thought I was just talking about while recording, but I was not. So um, let's see, chop a long arm. All right. So he's slide, he's shuffling to his right in his gap protection um right here and he uses the overlap this is the overlap technique where he's putting his hand on this right guard to tell the right guard he's there um the right guard doesn't necessarily know what's happening in in the you know the opposite a gap so this is kind of just literally a a you know hang on or not hang on a uh you know hey buddy i'm here that's pretty much what that is it's it's i'm here um if you need to assist on you know on your outside to your right shoulder assist and you can see as soon as his hand goes right there the right guard's eyes turn. So that's such a little thing that matters. There's guys who don't know to do overlap techniques or who panic during, you know, the midst of a play. They're not going to do this. Now, maybe let's say if uh, 94, I think that's Floyd who just signed with the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now, yeah, he gets blocked here, but let's say, let's say he was to beat, you know, the, the right tackle on the B gap. You have the right guard here. Now, if he didn't overlap, now maybe he this this right guard commits too much to um, uh, this this uh, stand up uh, for eye tech, and um, and now he gets beaten. You know, this right tackle gets beaten the B gap, and it's a, and it's a sack. So like little things like that matter. This 
this, this is what I'm recording this play. That matters to me. So really good job by him there with the overlap technique. Um, he does get caught in the chest by 96 is Hicks, right? Um, gets caught. And now you can see some of like his length. Like he doesn't have the longest length. You see his right arm reaching for, for anywhere, his armpit, his hip, whatever it may be. He's not able to. So I like that he, he reaches. He's not able to get it. And he's proactive with his anchor. You don't want to. You don't always want to walk back into your anchor because you want to. You you want to set your anchor now. If you're walking back into it, you're not really going to be able to create the the leverage and the force off the insteps. Where if you hop back into it and then you create it, you're going to be underneath the bull rush to be able to lift it. Where if you're walking back into it, the guys are just going to kind of keep walking you back in into the quarterback. Where if you, whereas if you hop, you're getting the instep. Uh, the, the pressure from the insteps from both feet instead of just one at a time where they're going to continue to walk you back. Uh, you can, you can walk back in some instances, um, depending, but you don't want to do that all the time. So he hops back, um, as he gets that long arm bull rush chops with the left and then hands set, which he's leaning a little bit here. Um, that's okay because the, 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 uh, the defensive lineman is off balance. So hand lands right into the right, right there. Um, and he would have shut him down if he continued to rush. So a uh, good job by McGovern there. Top heavy. So it's another example of him being a little bit top heavy, uh, most likely in the second level of the run game. All right. No, it's time in the second level of the run game. See, I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. Kidding. Um, so here, there's a little bit too much lean. Here, if you if you want to if you want to fire off the ball, I want to see I want to see a better. Uh, you know, better him be playing more linear, um, you know, through his base up through his up, up through his back. Um, with, with I basically want to see him playing upright. You know, you can hop towards this guy, be more upright. You see, you see the, the, the waist bend right here. So I don't want to see the, the, the waist bend. Um, because now you're, you're now you're really off balance, especially when he catches you in the chest like that. You're you're super off balance when you're when you're bending from the waist, and you're also not generating power. Uh, the best way to generate power is to to be you know linear, um, and to be you know your back your back straight up, and have a good uh, a good wide base with your you know power off your insteps and, and shoot and shoot from that 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 trunk right there instead of leaning over into the block like this. You're you're not you're not balanced. You're just not. So a little bit too much forward lean from him right here. He gets caught in the chest. Um, and you can see even after that, he's, he's, he's leaning into him with not a, really a great base. So you could see him be top-heavy, and he gets, um, he gets stacked right here. Uh, obviously, the, the number 95 hops back. He extends, and he pulls him right through. So it's like a uh, – you call it a push-pull. That's what I call it. There's a difference between a push-pull and a bull jerk to me. I call this a, a push-pull. Um, pulls him, and then he gets in on the tackle. So like I said, I'd like to see him fire up his hands a little bit more upright – um, not too upright, but more upright, you know, nice arch in your back, you know, hands on guard and ready, um, and, and fire into him. but you don't want to see the, the lean right here. So he gets shed right there, um, on that snap play 13 bucket lose to gain. All right. So this is going to be a bucket step. Yeah. This, this, that's that step where it like so th this is the bucket step so when it's splitting the when it's like the bucket step the pro proper one's going to split the out you know your legs and you're going to see it land like right here it's splitting your legs and it's it's raising up in the air that's what i call it like bucket step like stepping in the bucket like how quarterback when he throws it sam Donald has that issue where he steps the bucket where he throws it or when he throws it too often which kind of will you know we we've, we'll talk about sam Donald a different day uh but bucket step for offensive linemen is a good thing depending on the situation a bucket step right here and that is to open his hips uh 
you don't want to just take like a like a near step or you know if he was tighter and on step and then try to and then try to work laterally because your hips are locked forward now the bucket step what that's doing is you know, you're, you're, you're stepping backwards and it's, it's allowing you to explode off of that foot where it, as if it just, now, if his foot just opened and stepped back almost like a drop step and he dribble off of it, his, his base is too wide for him to, to create a lot of force off of that foot. So the bucket step allows you to both open your hips and cover ground quickly. So bucket steps works laterally before working into him, which is important, gets his hand on his chest and drives him with the with, again with like another inside pillar. Now he trips here, but that is what it is. That's that's not that's not necessarily his fault. So good job with the bucket step, landing his his hand into the chest, and then he's going to create a lot of power um, off of the end step of his of his outside foot right there. Um, and and Lindsley gets a you know good chunk of yards on that play. So a good job by McGovern with the bucket step, etc. Play fourteen. All right. So he is uh, combo blocking with the with a right guard to the uh, the backside linebacker on this play, uh, called Charlie. If you want, that's what I call it. And he drops the forearm into him. I think he I think he probably would drop. He he would throw the hand right here if he uh, was given the chest. But he he, he throws a forearm while staying square. Um, to the to the you know second level defender, and he works that hip again. Really important that you don't just work the upper body; you work that hip. And you can see that when he pushes the hip, see, it creates movement. It does. So even if it's just a little bit right that like that, that's completely different. Now that now instead of having, you know, outside leverage when you have want to have inside leverage for the guard. Now with that push, now he has inside leverage. That's little tiny things that really matter in in football. So. Um, good job by him attacking that hip while keeping his eyes on 50. Um, shuffles laterally, gets to the second level. Now, I would like to see him, um, and it's, yes, now the running back cuts back. So he thinks the running back is going to come somewhere through through here. So he's going to block, you know, number 50, um, like he thinks the running back's coming to, you know, off of his off of his left hip. Um, so it makes it a little bit harder to not allow the, the number 50 to, to, to get to the – get to his – outside of of uh to the right of of mcgovern i should say because like i said he's blocking like the running backs coming here so for him for to him for him to block number 50 to not come outside like this he'd have, pretty much have to like hug him or really have a strong grip on him but even with that said i know it's a harder block but i don't like how 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 one he like he's like hopping into the block right here see like a narrow base and he's kind of again again top heavy where i like to see him come up more square like come up like he is right now and then shuffle and then grab him. I'll just see a little bit wider hands and and working to the second level for him uh, too often. And I'll show it. He comes in with really with really uh, a really you know not shallow a really uh, not a wide punch but a a close together punch. Whatever. I'm, there's a better word for it. But his, his punch is too too close together. And when your punch is too close together. If your if your hands get defeated, you, you, it's it's hard it's hard for you to contain a guy. Whereas if your hands are wide in the second level, if if they're going to be you know tight, tight is a better word. T uh, so if they're going to be tight or wide, much rather have them wide, um, because they're harder to de they're harder to uh to defeat. Which by the way, this freaking mic I hate it, but apparently it makes it sound better with this little thing. Um, but when your hands are close together, it makes it harder for you 
to to cover the whole body. Uh, there's a like I said, there's a better way of saying it. Wider, you can contain them. If they're if they're too tight, um, you're not you're not able to um, grab them and and def- not deflect the force. I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. But hands are tighter, the harder it makes for you to, to stop lateral movement. That's what I can say. So um, that's not necessarily the case here. But I don't like how he's that pop lock. Um, where you're kind of just you're you're you're, throw, you're throwing your hands out to a guy, you're you're popping them, um, but you're not really you know you're not really running through your hands, you're not grabbing them, you're not driving him, you're not you're not running, uh, climbing that tree as they say um, on the second level. So a um, little bit too much of a pop block right there. Um, could have definitely worded some things better right there, but I'm trying to kind of it's kind of hard to explain some things. Uh, but like I said, tighter the hands, the more chance of them being able to defeat. Uh, your arms because you're not controlling a ton of the body. Whereas if, like I said, you're, you're wider, you have more control of the whole body, the shoulders, where if you're tighter, you know, chopping those down, getting rid of those, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. So it needs to fix that um, off, off of the snap right here. It's again, this is hard for centers to not get splashed sometimes, especially with an aggressive zero technique because he has to snap the ball. Um, but for this one, it's being a little bit nit- nitpicky. I would like to see him get a little bit more upright after the snap. And you can see him leaning a lot from, from the waist right there. Now, this is not a good base from here. It, it, it's wide enough, which you don't want to be overly wide either. But his, his legs are pretty much straight. They're not, they don't, you want to have knee bend um, in, your, in your base. So uh, he, he has a wide base, but not a good base. And, he's, and he leans into the block. He gets his chest controlled. And number 97 is able to... Um, extend them, push, pull, tackle. So a little bit more upright after the, after the snap. And I would see his hands. I, I know he's, he's in a tough position, but I don't like how his, his hand widens with his foot and then tries to shoot. I'd like to see a, a shot if you are going to lean um, quicker in, into the reps. So he gets splashed, as I called him right there, where he, get, where he gets his chest controlled. Um, drive. Let's see what this one is. All right, so this is like a this is like a tight a tight zone split, um, where the aiming points, the A gap, the B gap. You could you could see the the running back is is immediately reading the the interior. I don't know if he's reading right now the uh, the guy in the B gap or the A gap, but it's a tight zone. You could tell his track is supposed to be right up the middle, uh, tight belly zone, or kind of hard to differentiate sometimes. Usually, if it's if it's if the track is more towards where the A gap was, I'll call it a tight zone. Belly zone is basically like a cutback run. Um, where the aiming point is the backside A gap, where you're going to cut through the play side, the backside B, the, the, the uh, backside C. Um, but so there's not a ton of difference between tight and belly. It's just the aiming point of the running back, whether it be the play side or the, or the backside for me um, and how I learn. So comes off the snap here. And that left arm, now it's not necessarily in the best position. You might want to be the outside peck, but you're not really going to be able to um, get it to the outside peck while not having your hand flat. Like, so if, if you're reaching across the chest, your hand can't reach across the chest and be flat where it's going to generate force where, um, as if you're straight on with a guy, you want to aim more to the outside peck, or if you have, if you have your, you know, if you're covering more, but he's able to, that's more of like a, like a, like a half moon where it's more of like a containment punch. So he's containing the guy not really trying to drive him right here. But what is driving him is his hand most likely 
into the armpit or on the um, on the rib cage, and you could see just the drive right here. So he throws out that contained punch and just drives, drives, drives them. So it defines the gap. Um, now, does it get filled? You know, because of other reasons. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not analyzing the entire offensive line. Number 72 should have climbed better, not hopped outside when he when he knows that the running back was most likely going to cut it back. So the you know that that uh this linebacker right here is able to scrape over top and make the make the play. But that's not McGovern's fault. We're just looking at McGovern. So there's plays that McGovern's gonna gonna have where it's a really good play for him, but a bad play, uh, play by the rest of the offensive line. So. Um, he's going to take this one tech where he wants to go. Now, if the one tech was over, or if, if he was a zero tech over top and he tried to shoot the backside A gap, he would keep him on that backside A gap and let the running back cut through the, the play side A gap because um, the, 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 that's, the, that's the plus of zone is you, you have more options. So um, with certain runs, um, you're able to keep them where they want to go and the running back cuts off of that. It's not like a, a man or a gap scheme where you need to win a certain gap in zone. Um, now, you know, if this was an outside zone or a wide zone, yeah, you know, they, this, this tight end would want to reach the edge, which is a really bad example, but, um, there's certain, there's certain times you want to win a certain gap. Um, you know, like if, if, if they were running an inside zone or, or mid zone, he would probably bucket step right here or scooch technique him. Cause he really wants to win the outside. But when the aiming point is closer to you, you have more flexibility, um, you have more flexibility to allow, you know, to let the defensive lineman be where he wants to be. And once he's there, then you drive him. So he reacts hard in that a gap and you're just going to drive him, drive him, drive him. And he defines him. Look how far he takes him on this play. So he, he initiates contact here and look how far he takes him all the way to the hash past, past the hash. So that's, that's, that's what I call defining. So he defines that gap for the running back. So, um, good job by McGovern. I think we're gonna do two shows. I don't know how I'm gonna. I don't know how I'm gonna work it. Uh, if the fiance's house, like I said, is a little bit the the, the Wi-Fi is a little bit more sketchy. So hopefully I find a good spot in the house and I can do it. Um, maybe I'll do it outside. Maybe I'll, I'll figure out something. But I, I just think that uh, two. I think sixty-two plays is gonna be too much to be completely honest for one show. So we're gonna do we're gonna do thirty. We're gonna get to thirty-one plays on this show, um, and then we'll do the second half. I. We have plenty of time. Don't worry. We're quarantined. So, yeah, when I'm off of work, I'm sitting in a house doing absolutely nothing instead of going out and hanging out with the friends, doing whatever it may be. So, um, so this is a better climb from him. Like I said, he has some issues um, climbing and then him being top-heavy, his him not having a good base, him pop-blocking, whatever it may be. Um, but so right here he uses like a – he uses a gallop – um and the the gallop is that is the first step towards him and then this in that the first step is towards and that second step right there generates the power so this step is going to be towards him this step is going to hop and create power it, it's both to create power and it's to cover distances um so right here he gallops he stays square hips are square to the line to the line of scrimmage to the second level which is great so good job not over committing to to that combo block but he attacks the hip See the hip? See move right here? If you're looking at it. Movement. That's good. Moves up to the second level. And you can see him. You know, he, he comes in with a narrow base. I think that's just, to, that's just to, uh, to gain some ground. But once he comes into the block, look how much more wide his base is than the last one. Where, he, where last time he was coming with his feet pretty much together, um, which leads you to being you know, top-heavy and not be able to change positions quickly. Or if you're wider, you're able to change positions quickly. 
um, and also cover the guy more. So comes in more square. And instead of just throwing his hands out, extending, and, and, and stopping with the block, block, pop blocking, he's accelerating through his hands. You see how he's moving with his hands when he throws them? Hands, and he's moving with his hands instead of just him throwing his hands and that being the end of it. So a uh, better job with him on maintaining the second, block, uh, the second level block right here. Um, and, and, he, and he stays with it the entire time. So much, much better job right here. Like I said, staying wider, accelerating through the hands, moving his, his feet with his hands instead of just pop blocking. So um, positive job or positive play right there. Play 18. And I guess I, I introduced the show before as uh, I usually say the episode. I guess this is episode one. Um, a lot of the people who um, I guess were subscribed to the old show the toj it's a different channel now so i'm hoping to go back and find a lot of those guys if not you know twitter they'll, they'll find it whatever it may be but uh i guess it's episode one it's gonna be a two a two-part show of of mcgovern so um which will maybe tomorrow is today is I don't, what day is it today is sunday i'll probably do it on monday or tuesday i'll be doing i'll be doing a show but probably tuesday i'll do part two while I'm also putting out film on Desair or Fant or whoever else. I got to do like five guys now, but I got plenty of time. Uh, this might last a little bit. So a good pass block. I said no issues with the snap. His snap is always, always pretty much on, de on dead center to the, to the chest of the quarterback. So, um, or a little bit lower than the chest. You want a little bit lower than that. I guess depending on the quarterback, their height and all that stuff too, but, but still good location. Snaps it. Aggressive with his hands here. Zero text. You want to be aggressive. You don't want to get their hands on first. Throws his left. I don't know where it lands exactly. It looks like it might land a little bit high. Yeah, you can see it land a little bit high on that shoulder. Um, the right lands on the elbow. But the thing I like is the 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 adjustment here. It's it's not the initial punch. It's a little bit wide. Um, but you see how his hands are going to work to get inside, and he's and he's going to hop back into his. He's going to hop back into his uh, into his anchor. So not good initially hops back power off of the insteps power off the instep. And again, I've said it before. This is for new listeners. I'll, I'll go there. Sometimes I go through a lot of technique and, and what the footwork is or what the hands are depends on what I'm feeling and how I feel like talking. Um, but when you're blocking, if his, if his toes were pointed towards what he's blocking, your, your knees are a natural hinge point. So your knees, your, your you know, um, the natural hinge point is easier to attack than your insteps where your knees would almost have to break for you to break that hinge point to be ridiculously strong. It's like, think about it. Like I know a lot of, and I've said this before, but like I said, new listeners, when you were kids, and I know everybody did or 99% of people did it. When you're playing that game, you line up two feet, you know, or two feet, two feet together. And the first person to lock their feet out, you're pretty much screwed. You're never going to push against them. Like, but when they're, when they're both, when they have natural, those, those hinge points, um, it's a little bit easier to push back and forth, but once they're locked out and you can't attack that hinge point anymore, um, because now you can't, your pressure is not going up through that hinge point. Your, your pressure, if you're pushing back on the feet, is just going to drive the person backwards. You're never going to extend their feet. This is kind of the same thing um, in a different way, but it's, it's, this is acting, um, it's, it's kind of limiting the, the hinge point of the knee. If that makes sense, I hope it does, but he hops back into it, power off the insteps, has his right arm inside. His, his left arm is still working to get inside. He resets it right here and gets inside. Um, gets nice and low. 
into his anchor, powerful anchor. He, uh, anchor. He doesn't get moved a lot with his anchor. Like I said, his, his legs are strong as hell. You could tell they are. So he's a really interesting combination of, of power, um, technique, especially in the, in the past game, awareness. So he's, he's the best center they've had since, since Mangold easily. That's not saying a ton. We've had Spencer Long, um, Harrison, who is now a, a, a decent – he's a decent depth guy. Listen, if, if Van Roten or, or Lewis is sucking for a game to put Harrison in, it's not the worst depth piece for sure. So – um, it's uh, but I don't know why I just said that. But you have Harrison, you had a uh, Wesley Johnson, you had Spencer Long, who is surprising, and I, I can admit when I'm wrong. His film looked better than he played in 2000. Um, what he played the Jets in 2017 or 2018, but before, the year before that, the Redskins, he actually looked decent. You know, I thought he was an average-ish center, and he came in and just sucked. So, um, with this block, this right, talk about his feet stalling a little bit. Um. So this this is what I call this is what I would call like um, a belly zone. So I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this a belly zone. The, the aiming point is the is, is the uh, the backside a gap. They're all moving in in zone, but the this this is the aiming point. So now you can cut through the you can cut through the backside a, uh, or really I guess the front side a, the the backside a, the backside b, whatever it may be. So this is a belly zone. So he's going to block. Um, he's going to block to the, uh, the, the, the two technique and I want to just drive him. And there's a couple things here with both of his feet. Now, now I'm noticing, um, like I said, this, the top description is very generic stuff that I just put down when I'm first watching it. And then I break it down farther when I go into it, uh, both on the show here and, um, on Twitter. So he gets good hand placement. I'm fine. I'm good with his hand placement. But his feet get stall right here, and then he and he also doesn't maintain or he doesn't cover up the field. So I like to see his feet be more active here and, and cover. Also, with that, yes, it's hard to work against an extended hand like that. So with more activity in his feet, that I like to see. I also like to see him defeat that arm, and it and it goes to at the end, but it, it, it's too late for him. So um, the uh, the two tech is able to get his arm into him and, ex and extend him chop that arm, get rid of that arm a little bit faster. So you could try, he tries to lift the elbow up right there. But if his, his, if his feet were more active and, and shuffling to get in front of him, now lifting that elbow, he could probably, you know, whether it be like a, like a chop upwards, a, a swipe, whatever it may be, reset into the, into the hip, into the rib cage with his right hand and, and, and keep the, um, the two technique where he is. But he just, his feet aren't active enough where he's able to you know, cross his face and get on the tackle right there and, and shut him down at the one. So uh, more activity in the feet, more active hands and defeating that elbow, um, which is not necessarily easy, but it's, I'm nitpicking, but that's kind of, I guess what I'm supposed to do. So, uh, slide left. This you're going to hear me call it Gilligan. When a guy's on an Island like this, when the whole line slides away from another guy, they call him a Gilligan. He's in a man block on that, on the one guy, um, which is, which is the, the, the five tech right here. So I, I call this guy the Gilligan as they slide in their gap protection. They're not taking any specific guys right here. They're just they're, they're sliding this way and taking whatever comes to them. Um, I'll show you an example of, of, a, of, a, uh, of an actual slide where it's man protection. So um, he's sliding to his left. Again, just throws out that, uh, that drag hand right there, which is a, it turns into a hand check. It's, it's a drag hand that turns into a hand check. It looks like he makes some contact regardless. Throwing the hand out's good. It helps the... Um, the right guard, if he was to try to penetrate, 
uh, it helps to have his, you know, McGovern's force helping him uh, stand up that rusher um, or even distracts the rusher at times too, where now he's worrying about, you know, three hands instead of two. So good job, you know, throwing out that drag hand as he's moving to his, to his left. He keeps his eyes the entire time on the, uh, the Fortec. The Fortec crosses the face of 66, who this is just a bad block. Um, this is not because he's expecting um, – well, he is expecting McGovern to slide with him, but this is not the reason he gets beat. He just has piss-poor hand. Like, what is this punch? Terrible play by 66. I don't know who that is, but it's bad. Um, he gets beat across his face, and McGovern is right there. Lands his hand inside of the chest. Really good job landing his hand inside of the ch- inside of the chest right there. You don't you don't necessarily want to just try to lay a shot because uh, you have, you want to be able to maintain the block. So good job by him landing his hand into the chest, covering. He's not he, he doesn't just pop him uh, laterally and then maybe he can push up field. He he gets in front of him. So he works get in front of him, and then boom right into his bridge. So difference between like anchor and a bridge. Once you're in an anchor, you're not trying to hop back and you're like this where your power is off your insteps, your back is arched, your hands are inside. That's, that's what I call the bridge. There's, like I said, there's a difference between a bridge and anchor. So he gets, he, he hops back into his anchor and that turns into a bridge. Um, like I said, with the hands inside, extends them and he's, he shuts down the rush right there. So uh, good job by McGovern. Ooh, I got a, Thank God I saw my, my, my laptop was dying. Hold on. Give me a second here, people. All right. So that would have sucked if my laptop shut off in the middle of the show. Okay. So next play. McGovern, that's new. Uh, I feel like that's going to be an ass block. Okay. So there's, there's good and bad in here. Good and bad here. Um, so the good is I like the hand placement that he has, and usually he's pretty good at picking up stunts. So this is not like a huge knock, you know, against him because you're gonna have a player too where you screw up. But he overcommits right here, so he he sees this, he sees a stunt coming. But when when you're like when you're going to help out like this, I would like to see more of a lateral shuffle and like a cross shove. With a cross shove, I'm talking about you're you're shoving across your body. You know, if you look at me, you you can tell my body shirt now. You're you're shoving across your body instead of fully committing with your with your hips to a guy because then you're able to obviously um, be in position to better block any, any loop or anything that happens like that. So he commits too much with his hips right here. I like the hand placement um, into the ribs, but he commits too much. And this is where he has to turn around to like ass block, which is a good, jo- good job by him. Cause th- this is a lot quicker for him to rotate his hips. You know, I'm not good with degrees. I've never been good with that, but to rotate his hips, like, you know, halfway around like a, like 90 degrees or whatever you'd say, I guess, to get in front of him like that, like that would be a lot easier for him than rotating his hips completely around. So for him to recover right here, he had to completely flip his hips. There's no freaking way he's going to do that from this position. So a good job by him to just put himself in, literally just get in the way. And you can even see him try to grab with that right hand to hold him a little bit. And Flacco was able to get rid of the ball. So good job. But the you don't want to see him commit so so much to that to that penetrator number ninety seven. You want to see him you know stay more square, uh, cross shove stuff him whatever it may be. Um, but good job with the ass block, I guess. So next play, play number twenty two. Moving bodies. I don't know what this is gonna be, but he's gonna move a body. So this is like another uh, 
So the aiming point is, I, I would call this more of a more of a tight. I'm gonna, I'll just say that we're gonna say this is a tight, a tight zone split. Um, yes, he, the, he goes into the backside, you know, uh, a gap, but it's only because McGovern uh, covers so much ground trying to trying to throw that guy and define that gap. So uh, call it, we're gonna call it a a tight zone split with a you know fake uh, jet motion just to throw off some there's a lot of misdirection in this play trying to throw off the um who they find the Jaguars right now so good job on McGovern obviously creating a lot of movement on this guy I think in in my opinion even though he does uh get to the linebacker I would like to see him uh not commit as much I think he overcommits a little bit right there you know maybe push him and now flip and get to the linebacker because if the linebacker was, which, whether it be this guy or this linebacker, uh, the Mike or the Sam, um, if they were to penetrate hard to that a gap, he might not be able to to recover if they were if they closed some more ground and went here. Like if he really attacked that a gap, he might not be able to take him, but he hesitates. So you have, uh, and obviously he does cut back, but re- regardless, uh, you have to look at it for what the play might have been. So over he overcommits a little bit, but he does move the guy. Um, looks at the linebacker, and then he he gets his hands on him here, and he he uh, he throws him to the turf. Now he definitely did trip somewhere in here because that's a weird way to fall like that. Because um, McGovern does definitely doesn't create a ton of pressure like that, so he trips. But um, there's some good and some bad in, in, into that play. So I said twenty three. Let's pick up. Okay, yeah, this is another. This is another smart play. Ugh. So the way I have to stay, I have to sit with this is weird. Um, okay, so another blitz pick up, and the, and the 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 line is is separating because you have the running back fill um, into that a gap, so he's blocking inside out, so he's gonna fill into that a gap. Now, I really, this is a really like it's it's a small but smart play. So he shuffles. So McGovern shuffles to his right. Hand check right there. His his hips stay rel- you know his hips aren't square as he throws it, but he, he makes sure to get his hips square. So hand checks him right there. That that's through assist number sixty five, who doesn't overtake that block for whatever freaking. That's just bad awareness from this guy. You you want to see more awareness of okay, McGovern's trying to pass that off to you because there's a there's two guys who are running that uh, cross dogs blitz uh, blitz right there through the linebackers. So bad awareness from sixty five to not commit to that block. Um, which is not McGovern's fault, but the good thing about what McGovern does on this on the snap is um, he hand checks and he's not over. He doesn't just completely drop away um, from his hand check because of this linebacker. That first linebacker is the running back's job, so he knows that the running back has to pick this guy up. So that's not him. He's going to continue to 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 work this guy just in case this guy tries to work that a you know that a gap um, and and cut inside of both of them. Because let's say let's say at this point he sees that linebacker. And now you have this, you know, you have uh, number 65 right here who's not really doing a good job with uh, the guy in, inside of him. If he drops off this too too quickly, drops his post and opens up, now, hey, the A-gap is wide open for this guy to cut through. So I like that he stays committed to that hand check right there and then gets square and then picks up that second guy, hand on the chest um, and – and uh, looks like a hand on the chest and hand on the hip doesn't really matter at that point, but a uh, good job by McGovern staying committed to that hand check and, and understanding the running backs responsibility on that play. A uh, bad job by 65 over there overall 
I don't know who the left guard and right guard was. I don't know if they're if they're overall good players. Um, if you if I was to really break down more of their film when I'm watching McGovern, I'm watching McGovern. So, uh, but with that, I can also say that a lot of their plays are not very impressive to me. The left guard and the right guard. I've already showed a couple of bad ones of them. Um, <clears throat> I know one of them's young. Is one of them Risner? I think I don't know. So this is an example of him playing a little bit high. So he's sliding to his right against Clayus Campbell. And do you see how he doesn't really have great bend in his legs? You see when he's coming to the blocker here, you see how straight his legs are. You don't want to be straight. You want to be, you want to have a nice low center of gravity. You want um, to be, you know, a little forward, a little forward lean. I, I let's see if I could show you a better example of like a guy with really good uh, base. Not, not, not in this play. With him, he's like a little bit better of a base. You want like almost like the back of your your heels to line up all the way through your all the way through your head um, when you're looking at this type of this type of uh, block. So, but also with nice bend, it's I gotta I gotta show you a better example. You almost want a guy can't draw a picture right now. Yeah, I'm not gonna even try to do that. So let's just say I, his legs are straight right now. You don't want your legs straight this knee is almost completely locked out and this one's pretty straight you want um obviously to have more bend um with your with your thighs at a at a flatter level um and with these not as uh straight up your your uh the, the lower part of your leg below your knee so so not i think i'm not i'm not having a good day with explaining that type of stuff but you you need you need your freaking legs to not be straight and he shoots his hands um while he's leaning into it again with not a good base playing this is what i call top heavy you want more of that your your center of gravity more of your weight in your in your legs um whereas this is like it's almost like 50 50 uh, which you do not want it to be so he gets uh clubbed into a rip right here and he allows a pressure now this is good uh, which I didn't realize until now. So he is too top heavy right now, or I, I didn't realize it at least watching it with you guys, but he's top heavy, shoots his hands. Now this is really good quickness though. And I'll show it in full speed that you'll get a little bit better. So the the first part of this play, two, two, he's too upright. Again, fire off the ball, wide base, nice shuffle, but you don't want to be as up high as he is right now, top heavy. He gets beat. Boom. He drops that, the post foot. This is the post foot. This is a kick foot. He drops the post foot. And what does he attack? Like I've, like I've said before, right into the hip. Now his hand slips off, it looks like, but he attacks that hip and he drives Clayus Campbell past uh, the, the quarterback. So good recovery, great recovery, but he shouldn't have been in that position right there. Cause like I said, of, of, of how top heavy he is. So uh, some good and some bad. Play number 25, anchor, reset. All right. So, by the way, you notice how the, char the charter's camera angle is always a little bit weird. It's always from an angle. It's not straight behind, guys. So, it's a little bit weird of an angle. Slanted one tech right here. Um, like I said before, he likes to shoot that inside hand. Shoots the inside hand. Boom, right into the chest. Lands right in the chest. He feels that the, that the bull rush is coming. And instead of walking back into it, he takes initiative, hops back. Hops back. Now he's working right through. He's working up through his feet, into, in, you know, up through his trunk, up through his back, right into the guy. Um, so 
and with the insteps too. Uh, this one can almost be turned a little bit more, but that that's a that's a powerful instep right there. You can see it's really firmly planted, um, good instep, uh, creates power off of that, and he hops back again. So left into it, feels the bull coming, feels his chest, you know, feels the guy coming into his chest, hops back and hops back again to get even lower. Now you don't want to now. Uh, some people might, might ask, okay, well, why didn't he hop back to this position initially? You don't want to hop back. To, if, he, if he was a hop back too far, then you're almost, then you're too top heavy and you, and you have a ton of weight into your hands where if he was to chop your hands down, you're going right to the ground. So the double hop right there um, is to get lower while, while the guy is continuing to rush. So you have that, that those hands um, on the guy and not leaning too far into him um, and your, and your feet don't come out from under you. So you're not too far back. So, the double hop right there, power off of the insteps, nice and low, um, nice leverage, and the, and the guy is not going to get past him uh, right here. Now, he'll, he'll keep working his feet, um, but he comes with a, it looks like he comes with a double under. So when guys are bull rushing, you don't want to push against push because if it, it's harder for, for you to, to, um, to push force against force. So if he's pushing you, you want to, you want to direct that force upwards. So, uh, like I said, if he does catch you, to for you to be going backwards and try to push him, it's just it's just not going to happen. Where as if he is pushing you, you want to get under him and lift him up. So now his force, instead of coming right into you, you're lifting it up. So now his force is directed upwards instead of right through you. Whereas if you're just going force and force, okay, you know that 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 if you're strong enough, great. But if you're not strong, and he is strong enough, believe me. But the more effective way is to is to deflect force. Um, so he deflects the force upwards with the with a double under right here. You can see both of his hands get under. He's gonna lift up um, that that the push force that he's trying to generate the bull rush. So uh, good job by him. Nice anchor. Uh, good setting of the hands. Play twenty six scooch. All right. So we're gonna see a scooch technique. Got to watch those feet almost crossing, but this is like not the best scooch technique, but it, it, it still is. I would call it a scooch technique. It's where, again, it's another play where you're, you're, you're losing ground to gain ground. So you're almost going to hop backwards with both feet while, while, while you start to lean forward to initiate contact um, because you don't want him to just it, off the snap right here. He's not going to be able to shuffle because the guy's going to take himself right into him where as if you bubble around him, you'll be able to get in front of him. Uh, the run's going to be to the right side right here. Yeah. So he wants to win the, the place out right here. Like I said, if, if this guy's going to penetrate hard through here, if you're just going to try to laterally step, you're not going to get in front of the guy. Whereas if you laterally step or if you move laterally, but you're also losing ground, uh, ground, you're going to be able to get in front of him, if that makes sense. So if, if you're looking at, you know, well, I can't, it's going to be hard for you guys to see it, but you have two guys working against each other. Um, no, nah, that's not, that's not going to look good on, on camera, but. Uh, so you just have to lose ground to gain ground um, <clears throat> on this play. So keep trying to think of ways I could show, I could show it, but you guys are smart enough to know if he was to just quickly penetrate there's no way he's gonna laterally just be able to get in front of him and stay at the same level. Whereas if he if if he if he gives some ground, okay, you know, take take a little bit of ground vertically, but I'm gonna try to I'm gonna I'm gonna try to cover that play side from you um, and get in front of you 
Um, he's affording himself more room laterally by giving up some ground vertically is, is pretty much what I should say there. So he uh, gets his hand on here or gets his left hand into the shoulder. I don't know where the right hand is right now. It's hard to see in this little, like, little scrum. But scooch technique, even though it's not the best, I don't want to see this foot just drop right here. I want to see his foot gain ground uh, horizontally but lose ground vertically while this foot also does the same thing. It's going to hop backwards. Um, and you don't want to see it cross like that. And that's because of his, this first foot doesn't really gain any ground. So um, I would see that, that, that foot gain more ground because in this position, if you're caught, you are not on balance. But if you were to, to hop, you know, to hop, you have a better, um, or if he was a scooch properly, you have a better base. So if, if this foot was to go here and then this foot was coming to meet it, you have a better base if you were to get caught that, than as if this foot doesn't uh, gain much ground, which he could be gaining ground right now this is not a good position to be in. So he has to watch the technique a little bit with the scooch, um, but he is able to get his left hand on and then win that play side and drive him. I couldn't, I can't tell where his hands are, but it looks like he's pretty much just hugging them and just driving his shoulder into him, which is not perfect, but it, guess what? It gets a job done and he, and he drives them, you know, a good amount. Look, he's on the hash outside of the hash and even more outside of the hash. So uh, good job by him. Sorry today. I feel like I, like I said, a little bit of an odd job with explaining some things, especially like leverage and, Doing it without me actually sitting down to structure a sentence or two um, on the fly when I'm watching it with you guys, it makes it a little bit more hard to explain it exactly. Um, I'll, I'll keep showing you, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll start to get it. Again, weird camera angle. Don't love it. Movement. Let's see what this is. Yeah, okay. So, again, another you have another tight zone split, belly zone split, whatever you want to call it, and he's going to define – um, he's not worried about the, the backside on this, on this play. He's worried about the front side. He, uh, he has to trust number 66. Now, maybe depending on the coach, he could have helped him a little bit more cross shove, whatever it might've been. Um, but he's going to take on the three tech right here. Again, more of a, more like a gallop right there. I call, yeah, I'll call that a gallop again. That, that, uh, this foot's going to open up. Usually it goes a little bit towards them, but it opens up the hips, points the, the back foot where it wants to go, hops, and the left foot generates that power. So you have that gallop, gets low. Again, look at the movement. Look, look at where he initiates contact, and look where he ends up. And then he scrapes right over top of it and picks up that, uh, that defensive back who looks like he's in, a, he's in a linebacker role as a Sam. Um, could just be a linebacker who plays with number, whatever it may be, but a uh, good job by him. One, keeping his eyes on the second level that he's going to and then shuffling good base, gets his hands on him. He's not playing top heavy right here. He's leaning forward a little bit with the secondary and blocking linebackers. You have a little bit more room for that um, to lean as if you, you know, as you do or contrary to on the, on the front line, just like with on the second level, you have a little bit more room to throw wider hands because that's more of a containment punch. Whereas if um, <clears throat> you're on the front level, you know, the, the, uh, the, the first level of the play, you don't want to get your chest controlled where if your linebacker controls your chest, okay, it's not a huge deal, um, but good job by him keeping his eyes up there, you know, shuffling and getting hands on that, uh, that linebacker. So we only have three more plays or I think, you know, four more plays I'm going to do. You take a break. I don't know. This, uh, you know, that mic's going to stay away now. So, um, next play. 
say a little bit rusty. I haven't done a show. I did a show, I think a month ago. And then before that, I did a show in like three months. So I'm, I'm rusty right now, fellas. Uh, and ladies, maybe. But so I need to, uh, to uh, get more used to explaining this film on film. So they are running a uh, one back power right here. And he combo, he combo blocks. Well, this guy's going to, this guy's going to down block. Um, he was most likely going to try to kick him out. And as he kicks him out and the, and the gap is going to be the, the, uh, the B gap, but he reacts hard downhill. So now that, now that's going to be the, that, uh, the uh, C gap. So <clears throat> regardless, whatever. So he gets his hands on the, uh, zero tech stays square though. Again, I like how he's staying square left arm onto the chest, right arm onto the hip creates movement is aware of the blitzing linebacker right here. This is a, this is a smarts. I don't know if he saw this pre-snap, whatever it may be. If he saw him crossing his face right here, but he, he knows that blitz bit me coming and that blitz coming through that, that, uh, the, the area that the right guard is vacating is bad because if he doesn't get there, he blows up the play. So really good recognition, um, of McGovern, not over committing. Like I said, he's, he's playing long right here, using his hands, eyes right to that blitz, drops the post, gets him. Now, now does he stay completely in front of the block? No, that's okay, though, for this play. The run back's already gone. So uh, good job of McGovern. You, this is what I see, like, short air explosion right here. Explosion. Explode, like, right here. Loose hips, good explosion, good power, good recognition to see that blitz coming. There's a lot of uh, good with that play for for me personally watching it. So, the next play, better run block. All right. All right. Yeah. So, this is this is when we get to see him really rolling his hips up and through. So this is what people talk about rolling your hips. Um, comes off of the ball. almost looks like they make a like a lead zone and then the this the uh the sam comes in hard to the inside so the the fullback is going to adjust but regardless like i said he's he's blocking back to the to the one technique on this play opens up you see that that you're gonna see the drop step right here with the right foot which again is it's it's going to allow the hips to open up towards his target um you don't want to see a, a bucket right here because you don't want to be too working too far laterally when you're trying to drive him um, you know, at this angle, if you see him on my mouse. So there's a difference. There's different situations you want to use, drop step, bucket steps, near steps, lead steps, zones. There's a bunch of different steps. But um, call this just a little drop step. Uh, call it more of a – yeah, I'm not going to call it a brace step. I'll call it a drop step. To open up his hips, right arm hits him in the chest – and you're going to see him, he's going to be low initially, low initially, and they say rolling the hips. See, he's rolling his hips. Like I said, it almost looks like you're humping something, and it's, you know, to, to be foul or whatever, if you're, don't be offended. But you can see the rolling of the hips. If it, if it looks like they're going to hump something, he's rolling the power through his hips. So, rolling the hips. Right hand in rolls the hips and continues to drive and use some circular force to keep him to the outside. Um, and then gets into his, uh, into his anchor right here, throws at his widens his base. So drive, 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 drive anchor. Nice strong anchor. 
maybe we'd like to see him stay a little bit more over top so he can't cross his face right here. But overall, good job. 30. Reach. All right. Two more plays left, then I'll close it out, and then we'll do part two. Um, another another way. All right, so you're going to see another bucket step right here. So his foot is about here, and then the bucket step, like I said, it's, gonna, it's, it's almost going to split the split your, uh, your, your base and come backwards. Again, it's to both explode off of that quicker and to open your hips up. So bucket step works laterally, gets the left hand in. Again, it's a, it's a really good block. So he gets his left hand inside, right hand on the, uh, on the elbow, and he uses it as a pivot point. So when I, when I talk about it as a pivot point, like you're using it, um, that's a really hard thing to explain, a pivot point. I'm not even – look it up. <laughs> Maybe if I have more time one, one day where I'm only doing a couple plays, I'll, I'll do it. But um, left hand in and works his hips around and use that hand as a pivot point, um, which is really you just generating your power through that hand and, and working around that hand. So the hand is controlling him as you're working around it. Um, pivot point. So bucket, left hand in, right hand on the elbow, works his hips around, works his hips around, works his hips around, boom. And he opens up that run. So again, this is not an easy block to make. Reach, reaching a guy um, who's a one tech, who initially is just trying to jump right into you is not an easy thing. Now, maybe if he was to cut more, um, if he was to work harder to the, to the A gap, or if he was to take like a lateral step and penetrate, it'd be a little bit harder. Um, but still, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. So bucket step, left foot in, like I said, and it works as a pivot point. Um, and you can see also, once he starts to drive him into the play, you're going to see him start to to use that uh, the instep. You see it right here. So he gets it inside. He cover, He gets the play side. And now watch what he starts doing with the outside foot. He's going to create pressure off that instep. Instep, instep, instep. See what I'm saying? the instep is harder to work against than the, the natural um, forgetting words now, but I've said it before. Okay. Apparently I recorded this play twice, so I'll play it in full speed real quick for you guys and then do one more play and I'll close out. So good job. Uh, second or the uh, last play, say second, to the last play combo to second. All right. So ricochet block. Take a drop step, throw your shoulder. That's, that's a ricochet. So when you're throwing that, that back foot almost like a brace and you're leaning right into him to get shoulder to shoulder, you see a lot of ricochet blocks in like crowler techniques. And this is a crowler technique where you're going shoulder to shoulder with a guy instead of playing long like a, like a lever technique. Um, where you're really going to stay more square and use your hands with like cross shoves, um, things of that nature. So uh, this is a ricochet for him to get into the crowler. So drop, drops his left foot, shoulder into him, and they get shoulder to shoulder. He is the – this is when I refer to it too, just to explain it, because like I said, this is the last play. I have a little bit more time. Um, this is when I talk about the high leg. So the high leg – has the high leg, and what he's going to do is initiate. He's an initiate contact, and the 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 postman um, is going to uh, get underneath him, 
and he's gonna get underneath him to t- take over the block. So if he's gonna initiate contact, pop him, and then he's kind of like scoop in and take over the block. So he's the post, he's the high leg, high leg, he has a higher leg. And then there's also thing, you know, there's also times where they get foot to foot, shoulder to shoulder, um, which is a better example of a of a uh, of a crowler technique. Which is this isn't really a, this isn't really a crowler. Then if I think about it, if based on my terminology, this is more of just a ricochet, him being the high leg. And then working to the second level, whereas if now if they are both to take near steps, near step, near step, and both work foot to foot, shoulder to shoulder with each other, both get their inside arm, um, well in this case their inside arm uh, together with him and just keep driving him. That's more of a of a crowler technique where this is just he's just being the high leg, um, but to generate some power and pop into him, he's using that uh, that ricochet technique. So ricochet. Keeps his outside half clear. You want to keep your outside half clear. Don't want to, you don't want to overcommit to the block and, and have your full body into the block because you're not going to be able to get to the off of the block on the second level. So uh, keeps half of his body clean. Um, works the second level. Contains him. Contain the elbow. And uh, I don't know where his left hand is, but he uh, does a better job here with his hand placement too. Um, again, not his fault. This play doesn't work out. I don't know, I don't know why it doesn't work out. Bad block by 82 on the on the back side of that. He just gets penetrated right through the C gap, so that's that's his fault. Also, 66 doesn't really do much of anything. So, um, like I said, good job, Ricochet. Boom, shoulder into him, outside half clear. Works right up to the second level. Gets his hands on. So uh, that's it for part one. Part two, episode two, will be of McGovern. Another 31 plays. Uh, admittedly a little bit rusty in terms of explaining film on a on a podcast uh if you are subscribed and if you are this far through it and if you're still seeing my face you're also able to go through the uh, the po- actual post i did where i broke down all 61 plays put a little paragraph into it or a couple sentences into it where you could read it you could watch it back yourself i can explain i i i put more techniques in there okay this is this play where we're on the show like this, I could talk more about, okay, the, the natural hinge points of legs. Like I don't talk about that a lot on Twitter because it's not, it's hard to put that into 240 characters or 260, whatever it is. So um, there's a little bit of give and take where there I'll, I'll more clearly define the play and what exactly is, is uh, the call and whatever it may be or techniques where this is more just kind of explaining body mechanics. I, I don't know, whatever. A um, little bit rusty. I'll clean it up. Uh, part two will be coming like I said, maybe maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I will be following along with the Twitter, JoeRB31. Uh, I will be posting the next review, which will be either Fant, Rotten, or Desaire. The backup safety and the backup offensive lineman will come once I have more time. It'll probably come after the draft, to be completely honest, because I'm sure after Roten, Desaire, and Fant, people are going to start seeing the draft guys because then by that time, it's going to be the beginning of April or so. so um, or maybe maybe even a little bit later than the beginning of April. So uh, follow along, JoeRB31 on Twitter, jetsxfactor.com is where I do my work along with me, Nania, who has a CYJ pod, um, Call Your Jets pod with uh, Ben Blessington, who's also part of the site. Um, Ben's mostly just the podcast, but uh, they do a great job over there. You can follow Nania at, I, I don't know what it is, like Nania underscore Michael, whatever it is. I'm sure you guys follow him already, the best stats guy out there. Uh, and then you have the creator of the website, who's Robbie Sabo. You can go to his profile on the uh, on the uh, website and, and follow, some along, follow along on some of his articles. You can also follow 
the Twitter. I think it's at Jets X Factor. Like I said, it's pretty. I was super unprepared for this. Uh, I should have done a better job of typing what I was going to say, but I don't really care that much. I kind of want wanted to get the film out to you guys. Follow along. I'll be back in a couple of days with part two um, of this review. And I will be doing plenty, plenty more. I'll do some mailbags. I'll do some, some rankings. I'll do a show or two where I bring on some guests and we talk about storylines. I know people like the film and the people who watch this are going to like the film more than the storylines. But there's also some times too where I like to get out opinions on, okay, well, they didn't sign this guy. They signed that guy, blah, 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 blah. So we'll do that eventually too. Um, I appreciate everybody listening. Like I said, Blutes, Blitz, new, new show. Um, appreciate everything that TOJ did for me. Uh, helped me out, but uh, felt it was a better move for, for me uh, moving to this website. Uh, and also putting my last name on the, on the podcast, uh, TOJ Filmer. You didn't know it was, it was Joe Blewett until you clicked on it. I wish I had a different name, but whatever. Um, Blewett's Bliss, it, it puts it, now it's my name you know, on, the, on the show. So even if I was to, let's, let's not even say that. It's my show now. It's going to be my show forever. Uh, Blewett's Blitz, uh, follow along, and I will see you guys in a couple of days. And I'll probably see you in an hour on Twitter. So.